Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pigskin Picks for 2022. I'm Matt Seidel, along with the rest of the Coach Speed podcast crew, Derek Seidel and Josh Tropez. Fellas, welcome to week five of uh, Pigskin Picks. The big news is not that Coach Trope went nine and one last week and moved past Derek into first place. Uh, the biggest news is that I am finally at 500. Uh, 20 and 20 overall after a six and four week. I'm sure you both agree that that is the top story. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of response there. Thanks. <laughs> That's the first step in my comeback. I just want you to know that. So how far back are you of me again? So Derek, uh, Derek also went uh, six and four last week and is now 25 and 15 on the year. One game behind upstart Trope, uh, who is now 26 and 14. Again, nine and one last week. Very impressive. Seven and seven in the high school games. Uh, your only miss was the Michigan UConn game. So now I know why you want to stop picking Michigan games each week because you, you just don't know how to pick the Michigan game. But um, other than that, you were you were on blemish. That's pretty impressive considering the, uh, the slate that we had in front of us. So our, uh, as is our norm, we are going to pick seven high school games, uh, all being played on Friday as of right now, two college games on Saturday, our normal Michigan, Michigan state deal and the lions game on Sunday. So here we go. Uh, leading off, uh, starting with the cascades, perfect guy to lead it off is Derek. We have Hanover Horton two and two at those Napoleon pirates four and what do you got? Yeah, I think this should be a really interesting game. Obviously, I have personal interest in it, so maybe you can't, uh, you know, <laughs> and maybe not everyone agrees with me there, but, um, you know, Hanover's had a good couple of weeks here. They've really seemed to uh, you know, really start to get it going, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. They they beat Grass Lake a week ago, um, which I know you two picked and I did not. In that game, you know, they trailed 7-0 at the half. They returned the second-half kickoff for a touchdown. And then, uh, that was Graham Gumper on a, on a nice kickoff return. He, he, uh, I saw the highlights of that one. He is definitely very fast. Um, and then Brady Tamblin, uh, added two rushing touchdowns in the second half as well to give them the, uh, 24 to seven victory in that one. Napoleon had a, a rather easy week against Springport. They won, uh, 54 to zero with uh, a bunch of co contributions from different guys, which was, um, you know, good for the pirates. Uh, I think this one is really going to come down to can Hanover do what they did last week with grass Lake and that they really slowed down Andrew Stockton. I know he talked a little bit about Stockton last week and how good of a running back he is. He really was nowhere to be found. Um, in that matchup. And uh, if you look at the game stats, uh, at least in the recaps, uh, I didn't see him even listed. I know he played because I saw the highlights and I saw him out there. Uh, so they were able to kind of handle the ground game a little bit. And Napoleon's really been running the ball well with Bart Larritz at running back. He's had almost 100 yards every game. And then Grant Bradley also um, can can run it himself. Um, so, you know, if they can make Napoleon throw the ball. That's probably to their advantage, uh, make them a little bit one dimensional. Overall, I just think Napoleon has a little bit more uh, talent, a little bit more athleticism. And I'm going to go with the Pirates, obviously, in this one. But uh, it's another another key game. Really, the Cascades is shaping up like there's going to be a lot of you know important games over the next few weeks. It's not totally clear what the pecking order is. Obviously, Napoleon's unblemished um, at the top, but there's a bunch of teams that are right there behind him. Coach Trope. Yeah, so um, 
this was a shootout last year. You know, Napoleon beat Hanover 41-29, put a ton of points on the board. You know, last year, Napoleon had a really good year. They were 6-3, and three, and, and I know there was a lot of crying in the subtle household when they didn't make the playoffs at 6-3 and three, um, because their schedule is so weak. And, and I thought it would have been a great opportunity for their staff um, to maybe learn from that and go out and beef up the schedule and, you know, instead of pumping up our chest and things like that. And, and they didn't do that. They continue to have a spring port on the schedule and, and a weak Cascades conference. But that being said, I think their staff if, is well coached and, and they're an intelligent group. And even though they're ducking the big boys, I think they're probably sending the right message in there that, guys, we have to win our games. We, we got to win out. We got to get to 8-1 to make the playoffs. Nothing's guaranteed because they're not going to pile up a ton of points with wins over Grass Lake and Michigan Center down the stretch. And even Addison, you know, it, there'll be a tough game, but they're not going to get a ton of points from that. So I, I think that the Napoleon staff has these guys motivated. I think they're, they're focused. They're, they, they got burned last year with the six and three season, not making the playoffs. I think they're going to, I think they're going to win out. Honestly, I think they're going to roll right into that big eight crossover. Uh, I don't know what'll happen in that game because I don't know who they'll play yet, but I think they're going to win out and, and get to eight, no, and lock in a playoff spot. And, Maybe their reward will be a chance to play the Titans, which we'll talk about later, maybe in the season. But I, I like Napoleon in this one. One thing to note real quick on the playoff thing is the big difference, I think, for Napoleon this year is they moved down to Division 7. So they went from being the smallest D6 school to one of the bigger D7. So they're actually in much better shape with the playoff points simply because of that. I just want to point that out um, as we go here. And before you rip on Napoleon for playing Springport, it's called a two-year contract, Josh. They, that's where the Vandercook late game, I, I assume, was, and they have to play. It's, some schools actually honor contracts and do what they're supposed to do, unlike some other schools. So anyway, uh, just trying to stick up for Tom Johns on that one. Uh, Hanover, yeah, they're, you know, their only loss in the league, the two and one in the league, was that shootout to Addison. Napoleon is averaging more than 40 points a game this year. I don't see there's any way that they uh, they don't win this game unless they, you know, kind of turn the ball over and have one of those nights. Um, I'm really starting to worry, Derek. You know, that November 21st basketball start date is a, a week later. But I, I this team, I, like Josh says, they they could run the table. They could go 9-0. and That would be a uh, snooze has them in a district with like Grass Lake and Manchester and Hudson. But I, I, I'm not on the Hudson bandwagon yet. I think it's a game that they can win if, you know, the, if, if it gets sorted that way. That's only four weeks in. But if they ended up in that type of district, uh, that would be something where they could win a couple games, even in the state tournament. So you, you might have to start, you know, start worrying about your, your timetable there and when you're going to start. But well, that's, with that's basketball good. season moved back, though, I mean, you, you got to make the semis uh, – I mean, really, got to get the finals to put a dent re- in it. The yeah. regionals, the regionals will be played like the weekend before, right? Uh, no, semis are the week before basketball starts this year, so De- Derek will be all right because they'll have met the Titans by then, and then Derek will be a women <laughs> fan. Yeah, let you these know? guys heal. Yeah, let these guys heal a little bit. But hey, let's just keep the Pirates if they keep winning. Uh, that's uh, that's good with me. So anyway, let's move to game number two. The I eight expert in the room is uh, Coach Trope. We've got Parma Western. Two and two, stinging from their loss to the Mighty Titans uh, at Jackson Northwest. Three and one, a big rivalry game. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you. I, I think I'm going to focus on what you just said. The, the tiny bit of stat there. I'll, I'll leave the the name drops and the stats for you guys. What I'm going to talk about is locker rooms. There's two locker rooms right now. One over at Western, 
which they are on the met. They they are they have bruised egos. They have hanging heads. They got pointing fingers. They got parents questioning in the stands. Uh, things like we we were out coached against the great Herb Brogan again for the you know, 30th out of 31 years or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, I mean, the 0-3 Lumen goes in. This was Western's moment. Their, their, their Super Bowl at home, homecoming. I mean, you couldn't build it up any more than that. And and it was their last shot. I mean, there was a great picture of it on, on JTV of this is our last shot at Lumen or whatever. And, and again, they, they fall short. So, you know, can Coach Rulowitz – rally the troops he knew how tough the game was going to be he's a really good coach he's done a great job at western but you know can you you mend those young broken egos um and then in the other locker across town they got some mojo there's some music being played in that locker there's some swagger you know there's some feel good i mean northwest is three and one for the first time in who knows how long? None of us know it's been so long. And, the, and right now, you know, Western's clinging to a hope that they can win out and beat a Hastings team and have like a three-way tie for first. And Northwest is this team with all this swag and positivity and love. And, you know, they're ready to build a statue to their new coach. I mean, th there's a lot of excitement. So this this is a huge game. Um, you know, Northwest comes out on top. It ends Western season. Let's be honest. And, and if Western wins, they can right the ship and get some momentum, still win a league title, make a run in the playoffs. And, I, and, and I'm excited about Northwest. They're just not there yet. So I'm going to go with Western. Um, I, I think Coach Rulitz gets the troops rallied. But I bet it's going to be a close first half, though. There's still going to be some moodiness and poutiness in that locker room until halftime. Yeah, one common opponent here, that's uh, Penfield. Western won that one by 64. Northwest won it by 12. So there's your on-paper comparison. Uh, Northwest is, is rolling. First homecoming win in with their coach said in more than 15 years. That's a big deal. You know, they were down 22 to 21 at halftime and talking about a coach having some, you know what, and, uh, and, and, and calling something. I mean, you, you ripped Dan Campbell for his onside kick, but Northwest goes onside kick and gets it, changes the momentum of the game, and they go down and score, and they dominate the second half to beat uh, Penfield. I'm a little concerned because Penfield's not a great team this year. Isaiah Hawes. Uh, 217 yards rushing and two touchdowns for Northwest. His name pops up every week. I'll tell you what, I watched the Lumen Christie Western highlights from JTV, and Alex Trudell is a man. The running back for uh, Western, he had that fit on that 57 yard run. He ran over one of those little uh, muscular uh, Lumen Christie D backs or something and went in the end zone. That is, I tell you what, Lumen Christie won the game, give him credit, but that halfback pass was the big play of that game. That's what turned everything. Um, so, yeah, it's a, give the Lumen coach credit on that one. But I uh, I like Western in this one. I don't think it's actually going to be that close. I think Western, I don't think they're pouting in that locker room. I think they know they have a good team. They've lost two tough games this year. I think they're going to respond in a big way. Derek? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all for this one. You know, I think this will be kind of Western can take out some of their anger from last week and Northwest. I think, you know, like I said, they've been off to a great start. And, you know, I think they, they have a couple more games they could even look at and say, you know, we can get a few more wins here, maybe even get up to five wins or something, which is, which is awesome considering where they were at a year ago, but Western, I think dominates this one. Okay. Our third game. Uh, we, we, we liked Brighton so much. I think, of course, I, I think I picked against Brighton. I needed to, to try to gain some ground on you guys and, uh, they uh, they dominated, but we have Brighton 4-0 at Northville 4-0. Uh, 
definitely one of the best games in the state Friday night. Uh, Brighton won 28 to 27 last year, probably in a classic, just looking by the score. Northville won the year before in the COVID year uh, or the year after the COVID, 24 to 14. So they split the last two. Brighton again, smack no vibes. 41 to six was never a game. Um, Northville's coming off a, a, a tough win against always tough Canton, 28 to 19. Brighton's quarterback, uh, Colin McCurman, is back. Uh, you know, he suffered a leg injury in their season opening game. Uh, he missed a couple of games, but he came back and threw for 236 and two touchdowns. So that's big news for the Bulldog. Uh, they, they obviously had a solid running back in Carson Schrader, a um, couple of short touchdown runs. Northville, the quarterback, Luca Pryor, didn't throw it much of the day, but did have 147 yards and three TDs in their win over Canton. I think the difference in this game is going to be a very stout Brighton defense. So I'm going to pick the Bulldogs in this one. Derek? Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much in lockstep with you on that one. I mean, this is obviously that like we talked about last week. This is high-level football that be that's being played in this league. You know, I think Brighton's played a little bit of a tougher schedule to this point. Um, you know, obviously beating Novi last week, beating uh, a Heartland team that appears to be very good. Um, I think this should be a competitive game. Like you said, Northville really didn't have a great record a year ago, but they they kept that game extremely close with a good Brighton team. So, you know, there's that always kind of catches your eye and says maybe maybe they kind of have their number a little bit. But I, I think you got to go with Brighton in this one and just kind of have a little bit of an overall talent advantage, a little bit of uh, kind of history advantage of dominating in that area in, in recent years. So I'm going to stick with with Brighton. A big podcast supporter, Todd Sanders, who we need to have on the pod. Great basketball coach over there at Northville. He, he told me this Northville team is for real, and 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 Todd knows football. He's a he's a Michigan guy, and and uh, he's a big Wolverine. You guys would love him. You guys could sit around and talk about the Wolverine schedule for days about how they play all these tough non-league games. No, but as much as I like Todd, and and um, as much as I grew up hating Brighton as a South Lion grad. Uh, this Brighton team is 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 the real deal. I mean, this is a team that could end up in Ford Field. Um, this is big boy football, and, and they were in Ford Field a couple of years ago. And, they, and I could see this team being the type of team that could get back. The, the, you know, obviously the tough thing is Belleville's in their league and usually somewhere lurking in the regional unless they go west, which would be their best opportunity. Um, but I, I like Brighton in this one. Okay, moving on to our fourth game, and this is a this is a, usually a classic game when these two programs meet. Uh, they, they've got a great uh, history. Dearborn Fortson only one in three this year at Belleville four zero. Figure we got to get the Tigers on here at some point. Derek, what do you think about this one? Yeah, you know this is a very interesting game. A year ago, they actually played twice. Belleville won twenty one to nineteen in the regular season, and then got the second victory in the matchup in the playoffs, 12 to seven. So two very close games, very competitive games. Um, and that Belleville team obviously went on to win the state title. You know, when you look at the numbers this year, Belleville scored 220 points in four games. Um, it pretty much looks like they can name their score on teams um, up, up to this point. Uh, and, and they're not, they've beaten some good teams too. And, and it just hasn't been close. They've also, I think, you know, maybe ha had, played a few teams that were overmatched. Uh, you, you really can't talk about Belleville without mentioning Bryce Underwood. He's the number one ranked quarterback in the country in 2025 at this point. Uh, he won the state title as a freshman a year ago and had a ridiculous game at Ford Field. His numbers for his freshman year are just stupid. It's like something you see out of the Big 12 10 years ago when, you know, there was no defense being played in terms of his, his passing stats. He's also running the ball really well. I know I saw some highlights online or on, on Twitter of him with some long 
touchdown runs. He's a very good athlete who can throw it all over the place. And he's only a sophomore. They always have high level talent there. I know Michael uh, Yarbrough is an athlete that's committed to Miami of Ohio as a senior. And they got a few younger guys that are uh, D one recruits and Jeremiah Beasley and Nathaniel Johnson, it appears. But yeah, I mean, w- with Underwood behind the center, I mean, they- they're really going to be tough to deal with the next uh three years here. Uh, it really is crazy when you think about the quarterbacks in the state of Michigan recently. Uh, I mean, from CJ Carr to Dante Moore uh, to Bryce Underwood. I mean, you've got a five-star quarterback in three straight classes here. I said that a little out of order. Obviously, Dante Moore is the senior this year. CJ Carr is a junior and Underwood is a sophomore. I mean, that's that's wild to have uh, three five-star quarterbacks in a row in Michigan. But, um, you know, I, I just, it appears Fortson is not quite at the level they were at a year ago. Um, so I'm going to take Belleville in this one big, but that's no knock on Fortson. I just think, I think Belleville is uh, going to roll. I, d- I do worry a little bit about their defense. They've given up some points, but um, I'm rolling with Belleville. Fortson lost a tough one last week to uh, John Glenn, a, a John Glenn, Wesleyan John Glenn program that, that's turned things around. Um, they, they got a new coach over there and he, he's working wonders and magic, just like he did at Whiteford. And um, I, I, you know, that was an impressive win for John Glenn, but it also tells you a little bit, this is not your, your dad's forts and team. Okay. This is a, this is a down forts and team. Now that being said, I've never seen com- kids compete tougher um, and, and get after more and, and uh, then forts and basketball football players. So they will, they'll, have, they'll put up a big fight. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the University of Belleville puts a Division One product out there at every position, and, and their backups look good as well. So they they should roll. And that being said, if, if let's talk about basketball because that's what this podcast is really all about. If you have not watched the game in the Forts and Gym, you, you got to get there. It's one of the coolest high school gyms in the state of Michigan. Yeah, D- Derek referenced their 220 points. You know, they're 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 winning games by a, an average score of 55 to 10. So yeah, I mean they've given up 40 points, but they, they they're just thoroughly dominating. They they probably haven't even been interested in the second half. The Fortson thing is weird though. Like two close games last year, 2018, 2019, 2021, all close game. Now 2020 got away from. I unfortunately for Fortson, I think this one's going to be very similar to the 2020 game. I got Bell Bell winning big as well. All right, moving to game five. Mason, 4-0 at Hazlitt, 3-1. Another one of the state's best games. Josh, what do you think on this one? This is my upset alert right here. Here it is. So Hazlitt has won three in a row against not great competition, but they have absolutely dominated Okemos, St. John's, and Lansing Eastern. And again, not great competition. But the real thing is that they lost a squeaker to rival DeWitt at the Battle of the Big House uh, 14 to 21. This is a Hazlitt team that beat Mason last year. This is a home game for Hazlitt. This was once a very proud program who they've, they've struggled here and there the last few years. They're back. This is my upset alert. This is my underdog pick. This is where I separate from you two this week going with Hazlitt. Okay. Uh, and you're right. Uh, you, you got that right with Hazlitt's resume. Um, Mason's averaging just under 50 points a game though. Um, they get by this one and a decent Jackson team in week eight, they're, they're going nine and zero as well. They got a very good chance at a, at a perfect regular season. They're coming off a huge win over Williamston. The one thing I always know that the best player on the field or the best player on the court sometimes makes a difference in games like this. Mason quarterback, uh, Kaysen Carswell, uh, he, he's phenomenal. Big numbers again. He and, and Colin Page is, it looks like his favorite wide receiver. 
that's a that's a great combo. Two more touchdown connections against Williamston. He also hit uh, Caleb Parrish for two touchdowns. We had four for the game. Uh, Mason has a stud running back in AJ Martell. So they've got they've got the whole offensive package, and they play good enough defense. Um, Hazlitt's got some guys too, man. They got they got I don't know if they're brothers or cousins. Uh, a Macri or they got there's two of them. There's Corey and Nakai. Um, they're putting up huge numbers. They got a quarterback named Isaac Pavano making a lot of plays in the passing game and on the ground. But I think Mason, I think this is their year. And because they have the best player on the field, I'm going to pick them in a close game. Derek? Yeah, I think this is a really good quarterback matchup that you referenced between Casey Carswell and Isaac Pavana. Um, both of them have put up huge numbers in recent weeks. Um, I think one thing to note, Josh, you are right. Hazlitt did beat Mason 21 to eight in the regular season, but in the revenge game in the postseason, Mason got him 27, 21. And if you think about it, you know, Mason was playing a freshman quarterback last year. Uh, so they're getting better and better as the year went on. Well, that, that guy is, is the guy that Matt's referencing as possibly the best player on the, on the field this week. So I'm going to go with Mason as well. Um, I just think that they, they really have it rolling right now, but this is, a, this is definitely going to be a great game and it's one to watch for sure. Well, I just gave you guys an opportunity to catch the big dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, our sixth game, man, we go to the greater Lansing activities conference in its final year. Uh, Leslie Owen four at Stockbridge three and one do not be misled by those records. I have one common opponent, Olivet, so I've seen both these teams play. Stockbridge lost to Olivet by 36 in a game that was not that close. Leslie lost to Olivet by 41 in a game that was not that close. And Olivet is as banged up as any football program in the state right now, and they still put huge numbers and running clocks on these guys. Stockbridge is 3-1, and one, and they have not even beaten an average team. No offense, Coach Jeremy, but uh, – I don't know where they found their opponents, but they found three, uh, three wins. Jaden Colby uh, is, is a decent quarterback for Leslie, left-hander. He throws the ball relatively well. He's got a really good um, target and an athlete in, in his offensive side, Ethan Kamen, who we've talked about a little bit. He's probably their biggest threat. Stockbridge has Drew Robinson, a good athlete. They have the Rogozinski boys, uh, including Zach, who had 100 yards and four TDs Friday. Uh, this is at Stockbridge. It's a rivalry game, but for some reason, I, I see Leslie going in there and winning this one. I'm going to pick the uh, the Blackhawks in a close one. Derek. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. And like you said on paper, because the, those records can be misleading. I don't think uh, Stockbridge has really played a good team to this point. Um, you know, this is a rivalry game. You know, they, always, they talk about the that Leslie Stockbridge rivalry, and it, it might be hard to to schedule it when you go get these teams in different conferences here um, next year. Um, man, I, you always wonder when a team's 0-4, you know, how that can affect your psyche. You know, can kids start to um, give up a little bit or really start to look ahead to the next season? But um, I imagine you'd be locked in, though, when it's a rivalry game like this. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to roll with Stockbridge in this one. Uh, not not feeling super confident about it, but uh, I'm going to go with them. I picked them a few times this year, I think, and uh, it's gone okay. So I'm going to roll with them again. Two words, the bridge. <laughs> Translation, you didn't do any research and you're just going with, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I get it. I, I see you smile. All right, moving to game seven. We've got Grass Lake. We got another Cascades game. Of course, Derek's going to lead this one off too. Grass Lake two and two at Michigan Center, one and three. Interesting matchup. Yeah, you know, Grass Lake, they uh they dropped that game last week to Hanover Horton that I mentioned a little bit earlier. 
you know, I thought uh, Andrew Stockton was really held in check a little bit, uh, which was a, a big factor. Uh, they did lead 7-0 at the half. I know I was watching a little bit on JTV early in the game, and they were down in the red zone, and they fumbled, I believe, inside the 10. Um, so, you know, they could have even been up two scores in the first half, but then they, they really struggled in the second half, and the game got away from them. You know, Braden Lape at quarterback is obviously a key. It looks like he... Uh, he really had a favorite target, at least the other night, and Robert Anderson. Again, watching the highlights, he's a shifty little wideout that can really make some plays. Um, he had six catches for 87 yards and a touchdown against Hanover. Michigan Center, on the other hand, is one and three. They're still kind of working through the the rebuilding here from from last year's uh, dominant team. Uh, it appears they found their offense these last couple of weeks. Now, I don't know if that's them finding their offense or if they're just playing terrible defenses. Uh, it's it's hard to tell, uh, but they put up big offensive numbers. Uh, Adrian Putnam at quarterback has been throwing the ball all over the yard, especially two weeks ago. He had uh, over 300 yards um, in a bunch of touchdowns. His two favorite wideouts are both basketball players and Hunter Clemens and Kyron Lane. Both of them put up, again, gaudy numbers a couple of weeks ago. I didn't see the, the numbers from this past week, but I imagine they put up big numbers again, considering they put up over 40 uh, or about 40 again. Uh, so this is an interesting game. I think this is really kind of a, a, a make or break game for Michigan Center. I think on paper, you probably would pick Grass Lake. I have a weird feeling that that center's going to get them this week, though. I, Grass Lake let me down a week ago, so I, I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this one. But uh, I feel like that might be a little bit of an upset. You are right. They have found their offense, and it is not a rebuild anymore. We're going into week five. Center is a, a well-coached program. They're a winning school in, in their culture. They win in everything. They're starting to win in everything. Um, and I, I, I just think they have it going right now. They're getting it going. They're building momentum. Uh, they played Hanover Horton tougher than Grass Lake did. Uh, they they could have beat Addison last week. They lost a tough one, 42-40. Uh, um, I look at their schedule, and I actually see Center poised to make a, a playoff run and I might make my first ever appearance at Napoleon on October 7th to see them play Napoleon because I think that's going to be the key game. And if I show up, I'm going to wear green. It's not going to say Napoleon. It'll say Lumen, but I'll show up and wear green. But uh, I like center to beat Grass Lake this week. Uh, Grass Lake is not focused. Uh, there's a, a watch party tomorrow night at Grass Lake High School for Braden Lape and on The Voice. We got food trucks coming in. We got the auditorium rented out. We're not focusing on, on football. We're focusing on country music. I mean, I got center in this one. I got center against the Dutch next week. I got center over East Jackson. I got center beating Big 8 crossroads at the end. I got center sliding into the playoffs at the end, and, and uh, I like them this week. Are you done? Are you finished? Are you good? Okay. All right. You're right. The, the one common opponent's Hanover and MC uh, uh, Michigan Center did come a little closer. Grass Lake has only given up 56 points this year, which really it's only 14 a game. So nobody really takes it to them. So I, I think they're going to neutralize the Michigan Center um, offense, playoff bound offense, as Josh would like to call it. Uh, Anderson, I think, may need to get into the end zone uh, once or twice this week for Grass Lake. But I think the late, the late train is actually a positive. I think the community is just kind of bonding a little bit. Uh, they're going to get all excited about him. The football players are going to love it, that they're going to be kind of caught up. I have some, some videos of him and his teammates. I think they're just going to carry that momentum right into Friday night. 
and they're going to sing their way all the way to a, a nice win at Michigan Center. So I'm going to take Grass Lake Warriors in this one. So that's my separation pick from you two this week. So, all right, we're moving on to the college games. Uh, Josh is not happy with a decision to, to continue to pick the Michigan and Michigan State games. Um, he had a, he had a proposal where maybe start picking our own games. We actually get to pick any game we want. I don't know if our graphic can uh, uh, accommodate that, but anyway, this week we are going with um, our, our next one is Minnesota at Michigan State. Michigan State, the last time I checked, was a one-point underdog. Uh, Josh, what do you got? Well, I got a few things. First off, one of my favorite coaches in America, without doubt, is the great P.J. Fleck, baby. I would row the boat. Let's go. I love the Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, only because of P.J. I, I mean, I, I, I have his book. I, I'd run through a wall for the guy, and I don't know him. Um, just, just awesome stuff. You know, if, if, if my sons were ever good enough to play football at that level, there's no one I'd rather have him play more for than him. Uh, Mo Ibrahim ran for three touchdowns last week. Tanner Morgan threw for three more. They bit, they beat a pitiful Colorado Buffalo team on the road, 49 to seven. I'm shocked. Michigan doesn't have Colorado on the schedule this year. I I'm, I mean, they're the only bad team they haven't played. Um, that being said, uh, Michigan State went all the way out to the West Coast and and got got to put on by uh, Washington. They're down 22 to nothing before they uh, knew what hit them. Uh, they battled like any any tough, you know, hard-nosed Michigan State team will do, but, it, you know, it wasn't enough. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I was really going to dog the Spartans on here and let them have it, but I was really Im impressed. I saw a Mel Tucker quote today that I was really impressed with. He said, Hell yeah, I take it personal. I take it all personal. The resume is on the tape. Right now, I'm a horseshit football coach. And yes, I know I just swore on the podcast. It'll be okay. It was a quote. But Michigan State gave up 400 yards to Penix, and, and he was quoted by and, – and that's the type of stuff that wins your locker room. You know, it really does. And I give Mel Tucker a lot of credit for taking that. That being said, I like Minnesota going in to Michigan State and getting the win this weekend. And P.J. rowing that boat all the way back to Minnesota, baby. Oh God. So he, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with Mel Tucker on anything, but I agree with his quote today. I think he is exactly what he says he is. Um, uh, you know, I love the, I love them losing at Washington. God, I enjoyed that actually more than being at the Michigan game Saturday. Um, you know, it, it the tuck, tuck going, uh, instead of tuck coming. I, I love that. Uh, keep flopping instead of keep chopping. I see that Tw Twitter's they're working on different things. Uh, what does he call his student section deep water or something? Well, it's kind of shallow over there right now, but they lose this one. Uh, yeah, you watch, watch him unravel. And that, that would be kind of nice from a guy who really doesn't like Spartan football. Unfortunately, I'm trying to win this competition with you guys and I am trailing. So I'm going to pick the Spartans to uh, come back and kind of right the ship a little bit uh, and send PJ home as well. So I'll take Michigan state. Derek. Yeah, I obviously went with the Spartans last week, and uh, I was burnt pretty bad on that one. Goodness, can they cover anybody or what? Yeah. But uh, it, I, the one thing I will say, watching that game early on, is Michael Penix was on the money early in that game, uh, and then it seemed to open up where guys were just wide open, but he had a couple throws early in that game that were just like, you know, into tight windows and he put them right on the money and that kind of got the momentum going for Washington. You know, the injuries I think really hurt Michigan state as well. Now, some of those guys may not be coming back and I have no idea like if Jaden Reed's going to be back this week or not, that would obviously could swing this game with some of those guys that have been out. 
Minnesota looks like the only potential team that could be okay right now in the West. Their only team that hasn't lost in the Big Ten West. But I just don't know. I think uh, this is a game where a lot of people are start are doubting Michigan State now. Uh, it seems like a classic spot for Michigan State to kind of squeak out a close win and, and kind of just hang in there. That just seems to be the way that they've they've gone in recent years under D'Antoni and, and even in these few years under uh, Mel Tucker. So uh, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a pretty game, but I think I'm going to go with Michigan State again this week um, in a close one. Okay. Our other college game, we have uh, Maryland coming to Ann Arbor, uh, playing the Wolverines. Michigan is a 17-point favorite in this one. Um, yeah, um, I'll, I'll start this one off. You know, they have, uh, they being Maryland, they have a couple of cute weapons. They've got a running, running back, uh, Roman Hemby, uh, had a decent season. Uh, Tega Viola, uh, to his uh, brother, is a, is a nice quarterback. He's, um, he gets some time. He can, he can hurt you. And I'm sure he's going to complete more passes than the previous three quarterbacks have done against Michigan. But Maryland has given up, uh, they gave up 520 yards to SMU the other day, including 369 to the air. And they gave up 30 first downs. They won the game, but 30 first downs. Michigan, unless, again, unless they cough the ball up, which can always happen in games, they are going to march up and down that field on Maryland. And I think once they get it, once they get it rolling, once the defense figures things out, I think this Michigan defense is, is pretty sound. Uh, we'll see if they can cover the pass on Saturday. But I have Michigan covering the 17. Uh, Derek? Yeah, I think the one thing with, with Michigan right now that I'm struggling with is, like, people are getting a little carried away with this. It's like – it just oh you know they're going to be eleven and zero going into Ohio State and it's all it's all about whether they can win the Ohio State game they're going to beat everybody by thirty you know I, I'm listening to some some stuff or seeing some stuff about like you know people picking Michigan by like thirty or forty this week which yeah okay they might they might run away with it but like it's just I feel like we're setting ourselves up here for a a bad performance that's going to surprise people at some point I I do think like you said this week I think that they should be able to move the ball what I'm most curious to watch in this game is is that secondary Uh, they've done really well to this point but they haven't been tested obviously they haven't really been tested in any aspect of the game but you know they have some some new guys out there you know Mike Sanger still looked really good in the that nickelback spot but you know they're going to be tested a lot more this week Tagovailoa likes to run a little bit, so you get a little bit of a mobile quarterback, see how that goes. But I'll pick Michigan to cover but because um, I think there is a chance that they could run away with this. But I, I, I'm also like I'm a little worried just overall about just people writing off uh, all these games as easy wins. All That's just not how college football works unless you're Georgia, which this just in Michigan's not Georgia. So I'll take the Wolverines, though. Two words. Michigan. Boring. Oh, is that is that your is that your somewhat silent protest? Is that what that was? Okay, all right. At least you picked Michigan. At least you're a smart guy. So, all right, that takes us to our final game. This is a pro game. Uh, we have the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Minnesota, an early seven and uh, seven and a half point favorite. Kind of interesting that Michigan State and the Lions are playing the same. You know, they play Washington. Now they play Minnesota. Kind of had the same schedule. I don't know if that means anything. It doesn't mean anything, actually, but I just thought it was kind of unique. Derek, you're going to lead us off here. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, we don't have a, a <laughs> Minnesota game to go off for this week because they're currently trailing 7-0 after giving up a touchdown on the first drive uh, for Philly on the Monday night game. But, um, yeah, the thing with seven points in the NFL is that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of points in the NFL. And you can see that with – even that first game that the lions played uh, where they came back and 
backdoor cover on a four point spread. Well, that, that happens so often in the NFL, even this past week against the, uh, or excuse me, the commanders, um, they, they got up big and then the, the commanders came back and, and really cut into that lead a lot. So it, it it's tough to pick a team when, when it's that big of a spread. I do love the way the Lions played, especially for the first half. And the offense kept it rolling or was able to kind of keep scoring in that second half. Uh, it was awesome to see Hutch get a couple sacks in, in that game. Uh, I do still worry about the injuries. I know they didn't really come back to haunt them, but the secondary is depleted. The offensive line is depleted. Hmm. I I, I like where the, the spot the Lions are in at this point, but I'm going to go with the Vikings to cover, even though I do feel that's a big number. The Lions are 2-0 against the spread this year. Minnesota's playing right now. They're going to finish around 11 o'clock. They're going to fly back to Minnesota at some point. They'll be off, I don't know, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Detroit, on the other hand, has had a normal week at home, and they'll travel to Minnesota. Um, I, I like the Lions plus seven and a half. Uh, NFL games are close. Detroit's playing well right now. I, I think, you know, I don't think Minnesota is very good. Um, they, they have a tough defense. They have some dynamic players. And, um, but they, they always underachieve. Every year I'm like, man, this is going to be a good team. And they just, they seem to underachieve. Now they are better at home, like most NFL teams are. Um, but, you know, I, I think Minnesota's a 10 and 7 team. I think the Lions are a 7 and 10 team. Uh, I, li- I like the Lions and the points. I hate that point five. I wish that point five would go away, but I think it's going to be, I, I could see this being a, a 28, 21 or a 31, 24 game. And that, that point five comes into play. The thing I worry about here with the Lions, I love the way they they played at times this year too. Cousins is, is, is going to light the Lions up. I, I have a feeling that's just my opinion in that sense. The one thing the Lions are beat up. Uh, yeah, Akuda is very like, he didn't, you know, he, he's possibly going to be out. I don't know if anybody noticed Hutch was not looking too good leaving the field late. He played hurt the, the whole second half. He walked off. He could barely walk off the field himself. Uh, he's one of those guys that could come up out this week. And if that offensive line, if they don't get him back, I don't know how long they can hold up playing, playing three reserves there. Um, but anyway, I am going to take Minnesota in a, in a hiccup game for the lions who then will have to try to bounce back and even their record the following week. But I'm going to take the Vikings. Do you realize you picked against the lions? Every week, Matt. Yes, I have, and and I and I haven't I, I haven't won yet, but I, I'm feeling lucky this time. I'm, I'm using my extensive knowledge. I, um, I actually think you brought up some great points about injuries. I'm I'm second guessing my pick right uh, now. Can't you? Your, your pick is in. It's the pick is in. It's like it's like at the draft. You it's in. So you can't go back now. So, all right. I, yeah, I'm trying to make a ground. You guys, you guys are you guys have both lit it up at times. I have not had a big week, so I'm not sure this is going to be the weekend. I don't have a lot of confidence in my picks right now this week, so it's going to be a tough one. But anyway, that's week five. We've got uh, kind of at the midpoint. If we cut this thing off at nine weeks, the high school season, this would be the, the midway point. I'm not sure we'll go past then. We'll be starting to get ready for our seasons, but we'll, we'll, we'll consider your proposal, Josh, for next week that when we get to the college games, and uh, maybe uh, even the pro game, maybe w- whenever a points present ball, we can we can pick our own game. I, I think the graphic problem is is is, is the bigger issue. Well, maybe we could just not pick Michigan and Michigan. Oh, State I think the Michigan just... Michigan State games. I think Nobody we, we gotta, I mean, like, they're on by weight. We're not picking cares about those not, schools. Eh, yes, they do. If you, did you go to Ann Arbor, they, we're, we're, you were at Notre Dame watching a JV game last week. I was in Ann Arbor. Look like a lot I of people care about, about the schools, but a lot of people but, like, care. There's college football is a really popular sport outside of Michigan, too. You know, it's popular in Michigan, though. We got enough popularity right here. You relax, big fella. You just focus on that 
Titan whatever you got going over there. Okay. All right. Anyway, that is enough of that, man. You got me fired up now. Uh, until next time, guys, uh, have a good one.